welcome, welcome, welcome into Moments of Genius here on CMRU.ca by students for you. My name is Peter Roman, and over the next hour, I'll be going through the biggest moments in the world of sports and playing some pretty great music along the way. So, I guess the only slight difference to my intro today that I would normally change is just the fact that I'm pretty much going to be talking about soccer and all things international soccer with the NBA and NHL seasons now completely done. And I realize there's off-season stuff that's interesting, but it's not like the games aren't being played right now in those leagues. And the NFL's, you know, months away from starting too, so international soccer is what is going on right now and so I will be talking about the Women's World Cup which is currently on to the quarterfinal stage. The Copa America is also on to the quarterfinal stage. And then once the Africa Cup of Nations gets into the knockout rounds, I will be talking about that tournament as well. So lots to look forward to on the international soccer front. I know the Gold Cup also does exist, but as a person who likes watching tournaments for star power and prestige and excitement and storylines, the Gold Cup lacks all four. So, anyway, I'll start with the Women's World Cup. My last show that I did, the group stage wasn't quite complete when I was talking about... Because there was about three groups that hadn't completed by the time I did my radio show last week. So, this week I'll do a quick group stage recap as well as how my bracket did and then I'll get straight into the round of 16 matches that took place over this last week and in my second segment today I'll preview the quarterfinal matchups in the Women's World Cup. So I'll start with a quick group stage recap. In group D Scotland and Argentina had a quote-unquote controversial game. The reason I put quotes on that is simply because I didn't think it was that controversial. Now, if you want to argue that some of the rules in the FIFA laws of the game are terrible, I will happily hear that because, in fact, I think that's probably true to a large extent about a lot of the rules that I think need some kind of revision or just fundamental change. But Scotland was winning this game 3-0, and then Argentina made it 3-2, and Scotland conceded a penalty late in the game. But there was... I guess the Scots were really mad about the penalty. I didn't see anything wrong with the penalty call. I thought the referee made the absolute correct decision. I saw the Scottish player go in between the legs of the Argentinian player and take her out. Not a whole lot of controversy to me and then they also got mad because the Scottish keeper made the save on the first penalty but she jumped off her line too early and that I don't love that because goalkeepers jumping off the line early has kind of always been an unwritten rule in soccer just like you know in basketball like you know traveling gets you know sort of called like very few times and stuff like that like they're kind of there's always unwritten rules in different sports and goalkeepers jumping off the line early has kind of always just been an unwritten rule. But VAR is very strictly calling it, which I don't love, but that's a problem with the rule book. There's not a problem with VAR. VAR is doing its job. So, anyway, penalty was retaken. Argentina scored. Both teams were eliminated because of the tie. England, meanwhile, beat Japan on the final match day to secure first place in that group. Very impressive performance, I thought, from England. And was a little disappointed Japan didn't put up a better fight in that match, to be honest. Group E, meanwhile, Canada took on the Netherlands with first place on the line for both teams. And the Dutch came out victorious. They were the better team on the day. Sinclair scored her 182nd goal internationally for Canada. But sadly, it wasn't enough as they lost 2-1 to one in the game to the Netherlands. The other game in that group, Cameroon scored with the last kick of the ball against New Zealand, and that ended up being good enough for them to advance as one of the best third-place teams into the round of 16. 
In Group F, the United States defeated Sweden in the battle for first place, a comfortable 2-0 win for the U.S. over the Swedes and got a little bit of revenge. Sweden was the team that knocked out the U.S. at the Olympics in 2016, so this was a little bit of revenge for the United States. And then the other game in the group was heartbreaking because Chile were a goal away from advancing to the round of 16. They won the game 2-0 against Thailand, but their goal difference just wasn't good enough. And Chile got a penalty late in the game, and Francisco Lara hit the crossbar. That was unfortunate, but... You know what? I say this on my show a lot, but it's very true. Sports is about... You know, it's a game of inches sometimes. Like, sometimes you get the bounces, sometimes you don't. And it's just the fine margins often decide things. And for Chile, for the Chilean women's team anyway, the fine margins did not go in their favor because the crossbar and then they weren't able to score that third goal they needed to advance to the round of 16. So, unfortunately, their tournament ends. But you know what? I think I think Chile could be very proud of what they put out, considering it was their first ever World Cup. Christiane Endler was just spectacular the entire way through. And so, I think there's a lot of pride that should be taken with their performance, despite how close they were to a round of 16 appearance. So, that's wrapping up the group stage. As far as how my bracket did, I actually think I did better this year than I did a year ago with the Men's World Cup as far as my predictions were concerned in the group stage. So in Group A, I did correctly predict that France would be first place. I, the rest of the group I kind of got wrong, though, because Nigeria was the team I had in fourth. They were obviously third. And then I had South Korea in second. Way wrong on them. And Norway was a team I had third place. But I did have Norway advancing to the round of 16. So I got maybe half of that rate. But I got them in the wrong position. Group B, I got entirely right. Germany, Spain, China, and South Africa in that order. And then Group C, Australia and Jamaica I had in the correct positions. And Brazil and Italy I did not have in the correct positions. But I did have, even though I had Italy in third place, I did have them advancing to the round of 16. So again, kind of partially half right on that one. In Group D, I got England and Japan in the correct spots. However, it was incorrect on both Scotland and Argentina as far as their positions. Group E, this is the one I actually got pretty much entirely wrong. Canada and the Netherlands, I had I had Canada first and Netherlands second. It ended up being the other way around. I had New Zealand third, Cameroon fourth. That ended up being the other way around. So this one I pretty much got mostly wrong. And then Group F, I got entirely right. Uh, the only slight note is that I had Chile advancing as one of my third place teams, and obviously they did not advance as a third place team, but I did have them in the right spot. So overall, I think I did pretty well as far as my group stage predictions are concerned. So anyway, that's that. Round of 16 time. So eight matches in the round of 16. A lot of... Not a lot of blowouts, a lot of very close games, which was nice to see. So I'll go through everyone quickly, just my initial thoughts on those. And then in my next segment, I'll get to the quarterfinal games. So round of 16, I'll start with Norway versus Australia. This game was 1-1 and decided in penalties, the only game actually of the round of 16, to go to the shootout. And Norway was the superior team on penalty kicks. I actually felt a little bit bad for Norway, the fact that they had to go that far, because they had an, uh, the game was 1-1, and with about you a know, couple minutes left in stoppage time, there was a chance, and it was just heartbreakingly close, where Norway hit the post, and then it rolled across the goal line from the right to the left, and it was just, you could see the ball spinning, and it was on the goal line, but it didn't cross the goal line. And so it, it was kind of nice to see Norway get the win because they were just unlucky not to win it in regular time. Sadly for Australia, their best player, Sam Kerr, she missed the penalty, and that was basically kind of how their shootout went. Like They, they only had one converted penalty in the shootout for the Matildas. So Norway advance. I, I'm fully willing to admit the fact that I was wrong about Norway. Way wrong about them. 
And Australia was one of my semi-finalists, and so I was wrong about them too. But you know what? Credit to Norway. I think they totally earned the result. And for Australia, I guess it's now about trying to regroup and focus on the Olympics next year in Tokyo. England took on Cameroon. This game was pretty comfortable win, 3-0 for England. However, this game had a lot of, I guess, controversial moments. Not because of stuff on the field, but because of... Well, it was stuff on the field, but it was, like, actions on the field and, like, against... Not during the play, essentially. So, England scored a second goal which was then ruled out for offside but VAR checked and video assistant referee saw like like you you watched on the replay it was actually an incorrect decision by the linesman so they reversed it and gave the goal for England and Cameroon got really mad at this so they actually refused to kick off the ball which I thought was straight up embarrassing and ridiculous because it was the right call if you watch the replay the English player is clearly onside. Like, I don't see where there's, you know, reason to be angry about that. And then Cameroon later in the game, and again, you know, game of fine margins that I talk about, they had a goal disallowed for offside, and it was just, like, you know, by centimeters offside. And it sucks, but it's the right call. Like, there's not, I don't know. Cameroon refusing to kick off the ball and being all angry and upset and they're like, you know, talking about what an injustice this is, is just, they're embarrassing themselves, their national team, and they're embarrassing the tournament in a lot of ways. Because if those calls were actually incorrect, I would feel sympathy for them. If those were the wrong calls or if they were like 50-50 controversial, like, you know what? I would feel for them. But those were not the wrong calls. Video assistant referee did their job. Those were the absolute right calls. And Cameroon were just being sore losers. That's all they were being. They were being sore losers because something didn't go their way when it's pretty obvious it was the right decision. So, anyway. Congrats to England, though. They're through to the quarterfinals. Cameroon, I mean... That, that was that was just ridiculous. Anyway, next game. France versus Brazil. This was a lot closer, I think, than the hosts maybe would have liked it to be. But one of, the, one of the things about big moments and big tournaments and stuff like that is that you need your best players to be your best players. And for France, Amadine Henri was their best player. And she scored and stepped up in extra time to get the game-winning goal and send them through to the quarterfinals. For Brazil, I hope it's not Marta's last game at a World Cup, but it very well might be. And it's just, you know, the the loss to Australia in the group stage really hurt them because they had to play France so early. And it's, you know, sometimes you win, sometimes you lose. But for for Brazil's women's team, it's been a lot of disappointment in the international tournament scale. United States took on Spain. U.S. won this game 2-1. to one. And now this game, see, if Cameroon got hit by a call like this, I would understand why they'd be upset and not want to kick off the ball. But that didn't happen in that game. It happened in this game. The first goal, because uh, the United States scored two goals. Both of them were penalty kicks. The first goal, granted, yeah, okay, that was a penalty. It's not the most obvious or egregious penalty ever but yeah I mean there was you know the foot being stepped on and stuff like that like I I, that was the right call on the first one and then Spain answered back and late in the game the United States got what I thought was a completely incorrect penalty and the biggest thing I saw on social media which is an incorrect analysis is that this was video assistant referee's fault it was not VAR's fault because actually this was the fault 100% of the ref on the field, who I thought made a horrible decision. So what happened was the the Spanish player basically put her foot up to try and, you know, make a challenge. And she ended up, I guess, it's a little hard to tell in the replay, but she kind of grazed. And I, 
I want to emphasize the word grazed, like, you know, fractionally touched the shin pad of the American player. And she went a couple steps forward and tumbled down like a ton of bricks and a penalty was called. But VAR actually stepped in and did the right thing because they were talking to her and they're like, yeah, okay, we're not sure. Like, we think you probably made the wrong call here. So they made the head referee on the field go to the monitor and look at it. But she stuck with her call on the field, which I thought was ridiculous because soccer is a contact sport. Like, just because there's a fraction, tiny, like, microscopic bit of contact doesn't mean that it's a foul all the time. Like, I thought it was an unbelievably terrible penalty call. I would have, I would have never, ever called that penalty. And so I thought, again, just because the penalty happened doesn't mean Spain would have won the game. But I felt Spain certainly got a poor end of a decision. And I feel like they were unjustly unjustly given a 2-1 disadvantage is essentially kind of the point I was going to make. I thought the U.S. were definitely the better team in the game, but you know what? Spain played really well, and this was a game that, you know what? The longer it went, you know, all it takes is one, and Spain had chances in this game, so I I don't love the fact that the Americans got what I thought was a completely incorrect penalty that won them the game, but... Here we are. I mean, you know, calls like that happen sometimes. And it, it really does suck. I feel for Spain. And again, if that happened in the Cameroon game, I would completely get why those women would be upset and why their coach would be upset and why they'd refuse to kick off. But it happened in this game, USA-Spain. So I'll leave that to the individual as far as, you know, what they think, penalty or no penalty on the second one. I think it should have never been a penalty. The first one, I definitely think yes. The second one, no. Anyway, next game. Italy versus China. Italy won this game 2 to nothing. I think China may have arguably been the weakest team in the round of 16. Like, they really were never that impressive in this tournament. And you know what? Italy, I think, of all the wrong things I've had in the women... Because obviously, I mean, I was never expecting to get all my predictions right. I think Italy's the team I underestimated the most. I really do. Like, Italy... They're kind of a little bit of a Cinderella story right now. They play good football. And you know what? They're fun to watch. And they 100% deserve to be in the quarterfinals. 100%. So good on them. And they'll be, you know, now that... A little bit of a mini spoiler. Now that Canada and Chile are out, Italy might almost be my, you know, bandwagon team that I cheer for going forward. But anyway, on to the next one. Netherlands versus Japan. Heartbreaking loss for Japan, who had a crossbar and were just denied by some brilliant saves late in the game. And in the end, it was a handball. And that was the end of the campaign for the 2015 finalists. Netherlands, I mean, it wasn't pretty, but they won. And you know what? Japan, Japan's a top quality side. Uh, I'm going to give credit to the fact that this was a very evenly matched game. So, it's just, you know, game of fine margins. Just didn't go Japan's way. Germany beat Nigeria 3 to nothing. Pretty comfortable, pretty easy win. Nigeria, I think, should be very proud. I think they put in tremendous performances in this World Cup. And so, I think Nigeria should leave with a lot of pride. Germany, though, on to the quarterfinals, I think, as most would have expected. And finally, the last game in the round of 16, Sweden versus Canada. Canada lost this game, one to nothing. And I mean, if you want to summarize this game in a couple words, it's Canada couldn't pass. That's pretty much how the game went. Canada's passing was atrocious. Like horrible, horrible passing. Horrible. Nobody could pass. Like it was just the crosses, the passes, like everything was awful. They were horrible. And that's actually what led to a Sweden goal was a turnover off a bad Canadian pass. So I think Canada should be really kicking themselves because they played 
Like, Sweden, you know, are pretty evenly matched with them, but it's just... The passing was so bad on the Canadian side. And then, of course, Canada did get a penalty in this game. And Christine Sinclair, the greatest player in Canadian national team history, didn't take the penalty. Which I thought was insanely... Anyway, my whole point with Sinclair is just that I know she... She offered the penalty to Janine Becky, and I'm not blaming Becky for her penalty. It actually wasn't a terrible one. It was a great save by the Swedish goalkeeper. But if you're the coach, Kenneth Heinemuller, Muller, you have to step in and, like, I don't know. I don't like the fact that he let the players pick who took penalties. I think he should have stepped in and been like, okay, Sinclair's taking the penalty. That's just my opinion. But Canada is out... A lot earlier than I think most would have hoped for, but they didn't play good enough to advance. Like, that's the thing, is that Canada don't deserve to be in the quarterfinals because they weren't good enough. And, I don't know, every time I look at Canada, I just think there's a fundamental, I think, style of play problem with Canada. Because... The defense, yeah, I get it. Defense is important. Of course defense is important. If you don't have defense, I mean, you're going to concede like crazy. But in soccer, defense doesn't win championships. That saying is completely false. You have to score goals to win championships. Plain and simple. Like, if you look at the best teams in the world right now, pretty much all of them are attack-based. Liverpool on the men's side. They're attack-based. Manchester City are attack-based. You look at France, who won the World Cup. They were one of the highest-scoring teams in the tournament. Why? Because they know how to attack. And I mean, France, you know, they turn on their quality when they needed to for the men's side. But even still, they know how to attack. The United States team that won in 2015, they attacked because they played attacking football and they scored goals. I think if Canada wants to get better, they have to start focusing on attacking football. And that's a fundamental problem that goes all the way from the coaching staff at the national level all the way down to the youth level that I think there's a lack of emphasis in attacking football in Canadian soccer. And again, in the other football, in American football, defense absolutely wins championships. But in... In soccer, that's not true. And people who think that's true are wrong about that. Because if you look at the teams that win championships in the modern era, it's not that you don't need defense. Of course you need defense. Defense is vitally important. But you have to score goals. Offense is a little bit more important. Because you have to score. If you don't score, you're not going to win. And that's just how it is. Canada, not enough goal scoring. Not enough attacking play. And that goes to everything from the formations to the player development to just player, you know, team style and stuff. Anyway, that was a really long segment, but I'm glad I got through that. My next one will be a lot shorter, but I'm going to quickly preview the quarterfinals of the Women's World Cup. They're set to take place on Thursday and then... In the second half of my show today, I'll go through the Copa America. They finished up their group stage, and I'll also preview those quarterfinals in the later segments. For right now, just the one song in my first music break of the day, Green Day and Boulevard of Broken Dreams. This is the way we do this. CMRU.ca, by students, for you.
CMRU.ca, a station by students for you. With over 40 radio personalities and shows, we've got something for everyone. Online, anytime. CMRU.ca, by students for you. Welcome back to Moments of Genius here on CMRU.ca by students for you. A reminder, you can download the CMRU.ca app available in the App Store or in Google Play. Great way to listen to the station. All right. Quarterfinal time at the Women's World Cup. The first thing I want to say is that as far as my bracket's concerned, I actually have five of the eight quarterfinalists correct. The only problem is that the Dutch are in the wrong spot. I had them playing Germany in my bracket, but they're actually on the other side. So that part is incorrect. But I had to, I do have five of the eight teams in there, right? So I can take a little bit of pride in that. Anyway, I'll start. Norway versus England. This will be the first quarterfinal matchup. On paper, it does appear a little lopsided, just because England certainly, I think, has the better roster, and they're still unbeaten at this tournament, and have only conceded one goal so far. Norway, Norway though, I've underestimated them the entire tournament, and... Maybe they're just on a mission to prove me wrong. And if they do that, all power to them. So the other thing that I think is important to know, because in a tournament like this, where there's not a lot of break in between games and stuff like that, and having an extra day of rest can mean a lot to a team. And Norway are going to have an extra day of rest before this game against England, which, in a, like I said, like in a tournament like this, that's not nothing. That is an advantage that the Scandinavian side can use going up against a team that, you know what, maybe they're not quite as talented as, but talent doesn't mean everything. So 
Should be an interesting matchup. I think England probably win this game. But again, Norway's proven me wrong all tournament long. And certainly, you know, they are more than capable of grinding out a result. I just love the way Norway, you know, they're a really cohesive team. I think they play really well as a team. So, should be an interesting quarterfinal match. The next one is, of course, the Clash of the Titans. The matchup that I think most people have had circled when this tur- when the tournament like group stage draw happened, and that is France versus the United States. These are two of the favorites going toe to toe in a quarterfinal in Paris. The, the U.S. are the defending champions. France are the tournament hosts. So, both teams have had a little bit of a you know non convincing performance in the round of 16 but both teams possess insane amounts of quality in the side I think the U.S. might be a slightly better team than France but France have the home field advantage and I mean I think it's really a 50-50 toss-up I really do like this was one that I went back and forth on in my bracket I actually have the U.S. winning this game according to my predictions at the beginning of the tournament but this was one that I went absolutely like I had France winning this matchup in earlier editions of my bracket before I revised it before my radio show. But it's such a close game. It, it really is. Like these two teams are just absolutely loaded and I cannot wait. It is absolutely a clash of the Titans because these two teams, this is a game that could almost be a World Cup final. That's how. Like, that's how big it is. So, should be very fun to watch. That that game goes on Friday in Paris. Should be one of the games of the tournament, I hope. Italy versus Netherlands is the next one. Netherlands, on paper, would be the favorite for this. But Italy have played really well in this tournament. And, you know what? Like, Italy are kind of the Cinderella story of this World Cup. And you know what? I could see them winning this game. I really could. The Dutch, you know, are coming off a very taxing win, I think, against Japan that really tested their mental resolve, but they got through it. So I think the Netherlands are probably the better team, but you know what? Italy, they they have that team cohesion right now. And you know what? Going forward, I think Girelli and Bonincea have both been really good for the Italians in this tournament. So... With both teams having maybe less than ideal defenses, could be a very high-scoring affair between Italy and the Netherlands. Finally, the last quarterfinal is Germany versus Sweden. This is a rematch of the gold medal game that took place in Rio de Janeiro in 2016. Germany won that game to win the gold medal. And I think Germany are the team that I had winning the whole thing, so I think they'll probably beat Sweden. But certainly, the the Swedes have... A lot of talent, and they're a very disciplined side, a very smart side, and there's always that revenge factor, I think, that could always play a part in this match, but if I had to pick, I think Germany are probably still the superior side. Germany, despite maybe not playing the best defense ever, they haven't conceded a goal yet, so that certainly, I think, bodes well for them, and... Very good news for Germany is that their best player, who they've been playing without since the first match day, Jennifer Marozan, might be able to return against Sweden, which would be a massive boost for the Germans in this quarterfinal game. So, should be fun. Quarterfinals start on Thursday, and we will know our semifinalists. And then before you know it, there will be a champion crowned in Lyon. So that's it. That's all I got for the Women's World Cup. In my next two segments, I will discuss the Copa America that is now completely finished up its group stage and they are on to their quarterfinal matches, which should be, again, very exciting. And the fact that the Women's World Cup takes place in the morning here in Canada and then the Copa America in the evening, it works out really well for watching games. So that's always a lot of fun. Anyway, my music break, I have just the one song, Simple Minds, and Don't You Forget About Me. 
Listen to CMRU.ca by students for you. Welcome back to Moments of Genius here on CMRU.ca by students for you. I'm into my third segment of the day and I'm moving on to my Copa America stuff because the Copa America is also on to the quarterfinal stage just like the Women's World Cup. So I'm going to recap the group stages because on my show 
Last week, I basically got to talk about match day one, and that was pretty much it. So I'll recap the entirety of the group stage in this segment right now. I'll start in group A, where as far as my bracket was concerned, I got Brazil and Bolivia right, and Venezuela and Peru in the wrong spots. But I did correctly predict that the third place team out of this group would advance to the quarterfinals. So I give myself at least partial marks there. But anyway... As far as the games were concerned, on the final match day, Brazil took on Peru with first place on the line, and I, you know what? Okay, I'll start with the credit. Brazil played great in this game. They were spectacular, and they looked like the team that was supposed to be the overwhelming favorite for this tournament in that game. Peru aren't a bad team, and Brazil just impose their will essentially over the Peruvian side so you know what Brazil were spectacular in this game I don't know if they can replicate that performance going forward but it's a great confidence builder for them and that win got them first place in the group and they got a third place side in the quarterfinal stage so ultimately I mean I think Despite the hiccups that Brazil may have had against Venezuela in that second match, you know what? They were nothing but quality against Peru. And that's something that they're they're hoping they can replicate to some extent, at least going forward. Because if they do, I don't see any reason why they wouldn't be able to go all the way to the final. So, I'll start with the credit to Brazil. Now to Peru. Wow, they were terrible. Just, just terrible. Like, yeah, that's that's the right word for it. They were terrible in this game. Like, Peru, they had the chance to win the group. And they weren't even on the same field. Like, they were just completely not on the same level. So, because of that loss, coupled with Venezuela's win... Peru find themselves in third place. Venezuela got in second place. And I think for Peru, it has to be missed opportunities. Because that tie with Venezuela, I mean, you look at those that game, and it's just they scored twice, but they were offside. And, you know, missed opportunity. And then you lose 5-0 to Brazil. Venezuela got the draw with Brazil. Like, missed opportunity for the Peruvians, who now certainly have a much more difficult quarterfinal match than what they would have preferred venezuela meanwhile they were the team that i picked as my cinderella possibility at the pre for my preview in this tournament and you know what i don't see why they couldn't be the cinderella of the copa america because i mean yeah they haven't been the most impressive side ever but venezuela have some quality and you know what salomon rondon is a problem for other teams his physicality is really strong yeah, physicality is really strong. Those are great words. But, no, his physicality is a problem for defenders just because he uses his strength really well and stuff like that. He's good in the air. And then I think Venezuela just, <clears throat> there's a lot of rallying forces behind this team. And some of that's probably has to do with what's going on in that country right now. But this team is playing together cohesively. And I would not be surprised if they maybe even made the semis. Bolivia, meanwhile, finishing in last place. Not that surprising to me. I mean, I think Bolivia are probably the worst South American team currently in the world. They just... Bolivia get results in qualifying because they have a tremendous home field advantage. But it's not because their team's that good. Like, I think Bolivia certainly, they need to... Well, I mean, they need to develop, develop better players. Like, that's just it. They need better players. That's pretty much what it boils down to. Anyway, Group B. This one I got actually exactly right in my predictions as far as the positions of the teams. My... So, I'll, I'll take pride in that, at least, that I got this group pretty much exactly right. So, Colombia finished first. I thought... To be totally honest, Colombia have been the best team in this tournament so far. Colombia, I mean, they haven't been the most impressive wins ever, but they won all three games against Qatar, Paraguay, and Argentina, and they haven't conceded yet. So, 
I think Colombia have been really good. James Rodriguez looks like James Rodriguez. He, he's a weird player to me. Because at club level, he's all right. Like, he's a solid player at club level. But internationally, I mean, he looks like an all-time great player for Colombia. He really does. So, Colombia, I think, have been the best team so far. And winning the group, unfortunately, winning Group B isn't super ideal. I'll explain why in my next segment. But I, I would give Colombia as good a chance as anybody to win this entire tournament. I really would. Argentina got second place after, you know, a lot of struggle and, you know, got there eventually kind of thing. But, I mean, they beat Qatar, lost to Colombia, and drew Paraguay. And they drew Paraguay because they got a penalty. Argentina have not been impressive in this tournament. I think if there's one team that's traditionally a quote-unquote favorite or contender, I think if there's one team on upset alert, it's Argentina right now. They absolutely should be on upset alert. I mean, this team, they really haven't played anywhere close to what the talent on that team is. And I think a lot of that is just because they're going through a transition right now. But when Messi's on your team, you should be better. And Messi, by the way, should be better too. He hasn't been very good in this tournament so far. But that's not new for Messi internationally, of course. But anyway, Paraguay. Paraguay... If, if you think Peru missed an opportunity in their group, Paraguay missed an even bigger one in theirs. Because Paraguay got the draw with Argentina. I mean, yeah, a draw with Qatar isn't ideal because they blew a 2-0 lead. But they headed it heading into the final game against Colombia, Colombia had already secured first place. So Colombia rested a good chunk of their starters. And they were playing the bench of Colombia. And Paraguay still lost. Like... The opportunity was there. They could have gotten second place. But nope. They lost. And Paraguay, I think, will be kicking themselves because they got a much more difficult opponent than what they could have had if they would have been second place. Qatar finished with one point. Last place. Not a whole lot to say about them, to be honest. Group C. This one, I got... Japan and Ecuador in the right spots, and Uruguay and Chile in the wrong spots, because I had Chile finishing first, Uruguay finishing in second. Sadly, Chile lost their final match to Uruguay. Cavani scored a really good header. There was a handball in the box that wasn't called that I was a little upset about, but ultimately, I think Chile's problem in that final match was just Rueda rested players, and... I sort of get why he did it, because you had players like Vidal and Isla were on yellow cards, so you don't want them suspended, but I don't know. I think, because Chile would have ended up with a much easier quarterfinal game had they played all their players and gotten a result, as opposed to what they currently have to deal with, which I'll get into in my next segment, but I don't know. I don't love the fact that Vidal and Isla and Bozizur were rested, and then you also have, like, Medel being taken out early and stuff, so, I don't know. Not not the best decision ever, in my opinion, from the Chilean head coach. But Uruguay won the group, nonetheless. Despite a scare against Japan, they were quality against Ecuador, and they grinded out a result against Chile. So, fair play to them. Japan, meanwhile, the draw with Ecuador ended up being the difference because their goal difference was just so bad after the 4-0 loss to Chile, so they couldn't get in. Ecuador, meanwhile, just not up to the talent level. I know Ecuador only finished with one point, but I do think that in another group they may have fared better. It's just in this group it was always going to be tough for Ecuador to get through. So with that done, the group stage now complete. We have our quarterfinals. Argentina and Venezuela. Brazil versus Paraguay. Uruguay versus Peru. And Chile versus Colombia. So I'll talk about all of those games coming up in my next segment. For right now, just the one song. And it's Shawn Mendes and Camila Cabello. I know what you did last summer. You're listening to Mount Royal University's CMRU.ca. By students for you.
dirty secrets that I keep Does he know it's killing me? He knows, he knows, does he know? Another's hands have touched my skin I won't tell him where I've been He knows, he knows, he knows Stabbing me apart She's slipping away Am I just hanging on to all the words she used to say? The picture's on her phone She's not coming home Coming home, coming home I know what you did last summer Just like to me there's no other Radio showcasing Met Royal's own broadcasting talent. Over 40 unique and weekly shows. Find us at cmru.ca. By students, for you. Welcome back to Moments of Genius. I just have one last final segment, and that is previewing the Copa America quarterfinals. So, on one side of the bracket, we have Argentina, Venezuela, and Brazil versus Paraguay. So, the winners of those games will play each other. Like I mentioned, though, in my group stage recap, I think Argentina's the team on upset alert. Venezuela, I think, could very easily win this game. I would not be surprised if they did. And this is a game that I could definitely see going to penalties, possibly. But, I mean, it comes down to the fact that Argentina just haven't been very good in this tournament. And I'm not saying Venezuela's been, like, ultra-impressive so far, but... There, there's a real possibility of an upset. And in my bracket, actually, I had Peru beating Argentina in this game. Obviously, Peru's not in this game. It's Venezuela instead. But I think Venezuela could take this very... I think they definitely could take this. Anyway, the other game, Brazil versus Paraguay. This game on paper, everything says Brazil should win. Whether you talk about talent, you talk about form, you talk about how they've played in the tournament, like you talk about basically anything, like 
basically concrete, it's in Brazil's favor. The one thing that isn't is recent history, which is interesting. In the 2015 and the 2011 Copa America, in both of them, in the quarterfinal stage, Paraguay beat Brazil both times in penalties. So I'm not saying there's a mental gap here with playing Paraguay for Brazil, but for their sake, I certainly hope there isn't because for Paraguay, they can look to those past experiences and take confidence from them. So recent history says Paraguay, you know, has beaten them, but I would still expect Brazil to get a result in this match. Uruguay versus Peru. I think this is probably about as lopsided as it gets in the quarterfinal stage. I think Uruguay win this one easily. Peru are coming off the 5-0 horrible loss, and it's just... It's hard to see Uruguay not getting a result here. And then Chile versus Colombia. So the winner of the Chile-Colombia match will play likely Uruguay, I should say, in the semifinal stage. This is a 50-50 one to me. I think Colombia have been the best team in the tournament, but Chile have been pretty good so far as well. And with Chile, I'm assuming, playing their entire roster like they should... And they should have done against Uruguay, but again, different discussion. I I think it's going to be really close. Like these these two teams actually did meet in the Copa America in 2016 in the semifinal stage. Chile won that game two to nothing, but it certainly wasn't an easy two nothing game. And on a neutral field, we'll see. I think this is a pretty 50-50 game. I had Chile winning the whole thing, so obviously because of my bias, I, I I think Chile will win this game. But this is such a close game, I think. Really could go either way. I would not be surprised if this one went to extra time or penalties. That's it. That's all I got for my show today. I want to thank everyone for tuning in and listening. My show next week, I'll get to preview, well, hopefully the, the finals, or at least partially the finals anyway. And I'll get to talk about the quarterfinals and the semifinals of these two major international tournaments. This is when the fun starts. The quarterfinal stage is really when the fun starts. And so should be a whole lot of fun this upcoming week. My last song of the day, Bruno Mars and the Lazy Song. Today I don't feel like doing anything. I just want to lay in my bed. Don't feel like picking up my phone. So leave a message at the tone Cause today I swear I'm not doing anything uh, I'm gonna kick my feet up then stare at the fan Turn the TV on, throw my hand in my pants Nobody's gonna tell me I can't Nah, I'll be lounging on the couch just chilling in my Snuggie Click to MTV so they can teach me how to Dougie Cause in my castle I'm the freaking man Really nice sex, and she's gonna scream out, This is great! Oh my god, this is great! Yeah, I might mess around and get my college degree. I bet my old man will be so proud of me. But sorry, pops, you'll just have to wait. <laughs> oh, yes, I said it.
Cause today I swear I'm not doing anything 